This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Are you the type of person who loves to treat yourself? You know, sometimes you just want to buy yourself a coffee, a fancy coffee. Sometimes you want to get a little extra legroom on the plane. You know what I mean? So if you ever treat yourself to the top options, other places like that, then why are we settling when we're finding a doctor? I know it's easy to fall into that rut, but your health is so important. Enter ZocDoc. ZocDoc is a place where you can find and book tens of thousands of top tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. There's no more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. You know we hate that. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, which is so helpful. You can see who's located near you and who's available and who can treat basically any condition you're searching for. Plus, a typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 to 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. When I moved to LA years ago, I discovered ZocDoc because I was so tired of having to call all these different offices and wait. It took hours sometimes to figure out which doctor in town could help me and which one took my insurance, but not anymore with ZocDoc. I was able to find everything from a psychiatrist to a GI doctor, and I did that all through ZocDoc. And the app has only gotten better over time. I still use it. I still love it. I always recommend it to people, whether you have phone anxiety like me or not. It couldn't get easier to find a doctor with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash drink and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash drink. ZocDoc.com slash drink. A lemon. For those of you wondering, there is a giant bag of lemons still sitting between us. It's amazing how many lemons there are. Are and also there's that bag of lemons over oh, there. Oh, that's true. There's a lot of bags of lemons. We have a lot of lemons. We're collecting them clearly. Uh, also, <laughs> like the the cleaning wipes on the table are lemon scented, so it's like I can smell wow, them too. Wow, subconsciously, no, fully <sighs> consciously is what I, is how I've been doing this. Get help. me out of here is what I'm trying to tell you, and you're not <laughs> listening. I'm. You'll never leave. S O S. Okay. How how are you? How's uh, everyone? Are how you good? are you folks? I'm great. I'm doing just fine. Fantastic. I, it is now February, is it? Don't, don't look at me. It's not in real life, but when people listen to it, I think it's February. I, honestly, if you said it was February right now, I'd be like, oh, okay. Well, you know what? <laughs> if no idea. If it is, if this comes out in February, you know what the scariest part of that is? What? A whole 12th of 2020 is over now. Ugh, why would you say that? Like, just to like keep things in crazy ass perspective. I'm not kidding. Like, 2020 has been tough because, like, prepping for the tour was a lot. And Blaze was has been sick for so long. Blaze has had the flu for, I think, three years. Yeah, he's been sick since I've known him, I think, with the oh, flu. Oh, that checks out. He's, like, so, so ill. Um, he is the sickest human being I've ever seen. Literally, look, this is what I've. If you're on YouTube, these are literal hygiene masks I bought, medical grade hygiene masks. I walked around my house in them. I I am impressed. Like you really, you live in the house with him, and he has had. I'm not kidding. The grossest flu since Honestly. Florida. Yeah, 
and he and you have not gotten sick i'm no i'm wildly amazed so like obsessive about it obsessed with it because we were going on tour and i was like i can't be like we need to do this yeah, we, we need have, to get this done we have to have a clear and mind honestly the first time. i didn't even care on stage i just was like i need to finish my part my work for the yeah, tour and yeah. i couldn't do it if i had a fever um and so i was wearing hygiene masks i walked around with purell i made blaze slept on the couch i i washed my hands every five seconds washed all the bedding like i was very it worked it, it somehow worked but also like he's still like a little sniffly so we, fingers crossed yeah he's a little sick still so i'm trying to avoid but we both got the flu shot so it was something else some other strain i guess i don't know either but between you uh between like blaze slash you and then also rj getting sick oh and, like, no i mean i and he's an athlete he's an athlete if he's getting sick that is some powerful is some stuff new- and i also have like a really weakened like a really fucked up immune system from the medications i'm on so like i'm like a superhero <laughs> yes yes you are just kidding um super yeah. villain but super vi- right sorry wrong direction um but yeah so anyway happy uh two out of twelve yeah um, we're going to a couple of shows this month we're doing sacramento san francisco yeah i think on one of them on valentine's day yeah sacramento we're not gonna be with our valentines i'll be with my valentine on stage it's Don't shoot it's lemon <laughs> fuck you christine wow i really <laughs> i'm just that one teasing hurt. it's that you. one hurt I, I went into it thinking it was you but then you made no. a face so it changed my mind it was a it was a face of kindness oh, and, and heartwarming i thought you were gonna be like get away from me so i cha- I, I was embarrassed so i changed my track <laughs> you're like yeah me neither <laughs> it's like the the kid with the note like nope that wasn't for you <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you circled no so oops <laughs> that was meant for someone else uh um no you are my valentine m always yeah well and forever well it's it's definitely been thrust upon us at it this has point been, hasn't it? unfortunately also that means uh in the next couple of days is going to be the actual podcast anniversary that's right wow uh, three years three years of this it's a toddler <laughs> it's a full-blown toddler like our podcast can now like walk and speak and color pick up cheerios with one hand yeah or is that or i don't know much about babies <laughs> is that <laughs> is that a milestone is that a thing? holding something with one hand it was for me because i have so such bad my mom still makes fun of me that i still eat this way or pick like pick things up with my whole hand and like with goldfish i'll like just shovel them into my mouth you really never learned huh no your I, next milestone never came i can't like pick things up with my finger i need to like handful them it's really sad when anyway. i was three i was a literal helmet kid because oh, no. i was so tall i was born two feet tall so by the time i was three i was like your poor mother literal giant Oof. um and so i was growing to i was physically growing faster than i was developmentally and so i didn't know like i learned I, <gasps> to use your to like use, limbs yeah i didn't know how to catch myself if i fell <gasps> and i was falling like twice as high and your as center of gravity else. was suddenly a foot higher so my mom had to literally have a helmet on me all of the time oh no for like a good six months to a year i think i was literally always in a helmet because my mom was afraid that i was learning to like stand up and hold on to things so quickly but i was not learning to catch myself if i fell so i was just fucking timbering poor M. and my head was like f- falling into like corners of tables and shit and the fire poker i remember that but that was when i was two that was the first time i tried chocolate cake oh that's right that was a good day and a bad day and a bad day depending Um, on how you look at it depending on my day or my mother's day it was Um, true speaking of uh uh mothers and half hazardly my mother used to call uh you know when you go timber when like something falls yeah she what she yells lumber oh she can't sweet renata she's like lumber i'm like that's not (laughs) 
okay you can have it i'll just give it to you oh yeah yeah uh i my mom i don't even think says timber i don't know maybe lumber's right who knows and renata's world that's right i was gonna say at this point i'm just trust i just trust everyone else besides my own brain so so uh my story this week is very very short but it is something that's surprisingly a lot of people i don't know what happened i don't know if the world shifted in a way where everyone thought of this at the same time and all decided to tweet at me but there's no like news update there's no reason people all thought of this at once but a lot of people requested it, so I'm going to do it. Great. Can, um, I, can I say one more thing? Yeah. Sorry, we have to say our patron of the week. Oh, God damn it. I am just awful I'm sorry. That. No, no. Um, I'm, uh, I just closed it because remember I did the wrong one last time? Yes. Sorry. We are very good at it. Can you tell, guys? <laughs> <laughs> um, we desperately are so thankful for your Patreon donations. If, if, you, if you are doing that, we're really thankful. Um, our patron of the week is Alina from Finland. Oh! <gasps> Oh, I know, Alina. I'm gonna... all of a sudden it matters more to me. I know, and love a good Finland. Their last name has an umlaut, so I'm just <gasps> not even gonna go there with my with my guess. What? Uh, yeah, I won't either. And I don't know whether they want me to say it, so I'm just gonna say Alina P from Finland. Lena P. So I love thank it. you for your donation, all the way from Europe. Oh, I appreciate it deeply. Thank you across the waters. Yay! So um, <laughs> that's what they say. That's what they say. Anyway, that's what I say all I have to say is uh, Sacramento, San Francisco. Buy your tickets. Yes, I, I, in theory, we have just done our Texas leg, and it yeah. went delightfully. So great! I'm certainly hoping it will. Texas last year was so freaking loud and unbelievable. So I have high hopes. Uh, yes, I'm manifesting this now. For you to have heard it in the past, but it's my future. Yeah, when I edit this YouTube video in the future, I'll I will confirm whether or not. I, 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 uh, Whoa, <laughs> Texas though, please be loud. We would love that. You just broke my brain. Um, yes, please be loud. Also, everyone be loud. Um, okay, okay, but, and not if you're booing. Not, but be loud in a nice way. in a positive. Be positively we loud and loudly positive. This podcast has a lot of rules that you need to follow. Are you writing they're, them? Oh, down? They're all actually kind of very simple. I just need you to remember them all. Just be kind okay so that's all i have oh watch our lemon napping video on uh if page or patreon if you haven't because really it is the funniest thing that i literally made ever happen to me room, yeah so please go and i instead of preparing for our tour spent about 45 hours on making the video instead of working <laughs> on what i should have been working on so make I it also worth spent my while like 45 hours building it so that's right so f- please we, go we need somebody to make it worth our while please someone go compliment us is what we're saying anyway it's it's not necessarily Gemini season, but a lot of Scorpios are currently being created, and I'm not oh, liking it. So I do like that you said it's not necessarily Gemini. Like it ought it to be, could be, it certainly should be. In rel, in like some timelines, maybe it's always yes. In my imagine home. a world where only Gemini's roam the Earth. Dis- the, disaster. That Earth would literally be on fire. Disaster. Um, anyway, so thank you guys. Sorry, I don't mean to keep talking about Patreon, but that lemon video, I'm so proud of it, and M is so fucking genius and so wow i'm serious like the comments have been like and what the fuck like you have this weird talent of building escape rooms like i have a weird talent of building things that nobody should i like <laughs> no look it's working i do like to use the phrase like i'm capable of anything if i'm sleep deprived enough and that's exactly what happened how do you think this podcast came to be <laughs> how do you think anything in the last official three years has happened <laughs> anyway okay. thank you guys everyone who's supporting us and coming out to see us and just listening yes. we love you so dearly by now you've probably heard about burrow a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs durable materials and details that make life in your space easier 
Last year, they brought their expertise outside with the launch of their outdoor line, which I love, and now they're adding more must-have pieces to the collection. For example, Dunes offers seating, dining, and lounger options, while Scout is a new folding chair upholstered in a chic woven fabric. And I think I'm going to get two of those for the balcony. Blaze and I love to sit out there in the evenings after Leona goes to bed. And I love the idea of having a good-looking but also extremely useful and comfy place to sit outside. Made of durable materials made for all seasons, weather-resistant teak, stainless alloy, and quick-dry stain-resistant cushions with easy assembly and disassembly this is the perfect thing for your outdoor space they also just launched a new standing desk co-pilot with adjustable height a durable scratch resistant body with built-in storage to make working at home easier than ever i'm in the market for a new desk um so this is definitely going to be my next bookmark and of course there's burrow's legacy seating collections like the nomad and range now available in new colors and m and i that's like the only piece of furniture i think we actually share is our burrow sofa in the podcast department love that thing and that's why we drink listeners can get 15 percent off their first order at burrow.com drink that's burrow b-u-r-r-o-w dot com slash drink for 15 percent off burrow.com slash drink did you know fast growing trees is the biggest online nursery in the u.s with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the u.s you can grow lemon avocado olive or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of house plants available fast growing trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days and along with their 30-day alive and thrive guarantee they offer free plant consultation forever i am so thrilled that we are working with fast growing trees i spent about an hour and a half on the website trying to decide what i would love to order from their products they have so many options and you can actually filter it by zones by growing zones to make sure you know it'll work in your garden um they have everything from massive privacy shrubs and trees to very very specific flowers i actually ended up ordering a lilac shrub for my garden i recently discovered how much i love the smell of lilac and so I I thought, you know what? Perfect chance. Why don't I get some lilac growing in my yard? I think it's going to smell beautiful. And I also got my mom a little lavender plant as an Easter present. Right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code DRINK at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code DRINK at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com code DRINK. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. So, uh... My next story is, has been recommended to me as, that I should cover the Aykroyd family. What's that? Like Dan Aykroyd? Like Dan Aykroyd. What? Yes. Do you know about him? No, I mean, I, no. Do you know of him at all? Yeah. He's a Ghostbuster. Oh. Oh. No. I don't know this. From the 80s? Like, no, I know. Movie? I mean, I just said Dan Aykroyd, but I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know like what this has to do with anything. Well, he was also in Ghostbusters sure. as a Ghostbuster. Okay, that makes sense. Also, fun fact about him. One thing that Dan Aykroyd, uh, uh, that I love most about him. Are you ready? Yes. He has Tourette's. Really? Yeah. Wow. I've known that for a while, but that's the... I know we him... finally have a fun trivia fact that applies. finally have a buddy. Well, like, I, I've known him, obviously, as a Ghostbuster, but I... When I when I first got diagnosed with Tourette's, my mom gave me this book of like other people with Tourette's. Oh, that's so right. So I wouldn't feel alone. And Dan Aykroyd was like the only person. Like it's <laughs> page one. What if it was just one page and it was like it kind of was. <laughs> it was kind of just, pic- kind of just a picture of hey, Dan Aykroyd. I bet nowadays you'd be in that book. Uh, maybe, maybe. Let's I mean, make one. We're both Ghostbusters with Tourette's in our own re- Hold regards. On. Hang this on. is a fantastic spinoff. And what's interesting is apparently part of his Tourette's. Um, like he has like the compulsion to become like obsessed with things Mm. and one of his is the paranormal i think i'm dan Aykroyd actually wait a second this is all making sense 
I'm kind of not kidding. Okay. Anyway, by the way, if you've ever wondered why the fuck I twitch so much, right. I have Tourette's. And oh, yeah. I don't welcome. Know, I honestly don't know if anyone knows that because I don't think people do. But. I think I brought it up a few times. Like, there have been, but in passing. There have been two very lovely people that I've met in meet and greets at live shows oh, right. who said that they had Tourette's and I was the first person they heard of that also had it. There are some not so lovely people who are like, why does them twitch all the time? I'm like, I have Tourette's, you fucking yeah. dick. <laughs> Sometimes it's I make fine. Tourette's jokes just to M because because uh, I allow it and they're funny to me. M thinks they're funny, but I, I would never. So, so if that like I, it's not. I, it's just about M. I just make fun of M. Let's just. <laughs> I just make fun of M. If it were Tourette's or the fact that I have like that I'm six feet tall, I don't and know. Tarantula likes. Listen, if, there's a yeah. lot to go on. It's not because I have Tourette's. It's just another part of me that Christine loves yeah, to make fun you of. You and Dan Ackroyd. Of course. Remember when we uh, we played beer pong recently I mean, and I fucked up a throw and you're like. Oh, that might have been your Tourette's. And I was like, you're not fucking wrong. That's exactly what it was. But you're also kick-ass at it, so it works in some instances. But, I mean, you can make fun of my poop disease. I certainly and do. You, and you do, so. I do. See? Well, Look how, we're so ill, we're dude. We're all terrible. We're so sick. So, sick in the mind. Sick, sick in the gut. Sick in the mind, the gut, and just the nervous system. And in the heart. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Dan Ackroyd, let's talk about my fellow Tourette's twitching Ghostbuster. Love it. Um. So... Well, for those of you who also don't know, he was also very big on SNL. He was in the uh, Blues Brothers with uh, Jim Belushi, and he is also probably, in my mind at least, best known for being a Ghostbuster. Um, so, fun fact mm-hmm. about the Ghostbusters, the story was inspired from his family's history with the paranormal. Wait, what? Yeah! See, when you said, Dan Ac- or when you said the Aykroyd family, I was like, there's no it way. It sounds like a haunting. Yeah, Like it does. the Perrin family or exactly. the Amityville. Yeah. So his great-grandfather, so he's a fourth-generation paranormal enthusiast. His great-grandfather <laughs> was named Samuel Augustus Aykroyd, who was born in 1855, the oldest of 14 children. Holy shit. Holy. And they're Canadian. Holy. So Dan Aykroyd's better than me. Wait, hold on. Yeah, you have one, he has one thing going for him that you don't. That's exactly it. And so originally, we're going to start with Sam, great-grandpa. Sure. Originally, Sam was a teacher, but later in life in the 1890s, um, he became a dentist, which at that time, dentistry was not a space where pain relief yeah. was used, was was going on during procedures. Sounds terrible. Apparently, in some little circle of the dentists of that time, there were, were a group of dentists who believed that hypnotism oh. would help patients relax. To alleviate the pain because there was no anesthesia. Interesting. Yes. So apparently a lot of dentists were actually spiritualists. Who'd have thunk? What? Well, remember from your last story, the dentist was the one who ended up oh, yeah. coming forward in the Houdini story and saying that fingerprint is mine. Very weird. Actually, I had not put that together. Dentist? Are you a dentist? Are you a dentist? Can you call us? Crest? Are you also, do you do hypnotisms as well? Crentist? Dr. Crentist? <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Crentis, the hypnotist master. Okay. So, um, okay. Also, sorry. It's just so wild to me that somebody was a teacher and then just became a dentist later in life. Like you'd think it was the other way around. Right. It's just like, I didn't know that that maybe it was easy to get your dental degree That's in true. 1890 when there's like no pain medication. He's like, no, I don't know how to do anything, but I can hypnotize people. In the 1890s. It was like, here are pliers. Yeah. Good oh, luck. okay. Okay. So, uh, 
so he heard that there were some dentists in the area who believed that hypnotism would help their patients relax during different procedures. And this, quote, sparked his interest in a relatively new phenomenon called spiritualism. Okay. What's weird about this for myself is that when I was trying to find out new notes, I was like, oh, I just talked about spiritualism for two episodes. Like, I'm definitely going to try to avoid that. Oh, here's this Dan Aykroyd thing. And then, like, it's all about spiritualism. And I was like, Jesus Christ, like, I cannot get away from this. The universe is telling you something. The 1920s and the 2020s are overlapping famously. Seriously. So uh, Samuel, who I'm now calling Sam, the great... Is that Augustus? Yes. Okay. Samuel Augustus Aykroyd is Dan that, Aykroyd's great grandfather. That's doctor to you. That's Dr. Crentist. Cool. Um, Sam and his wife, Jenny, became obsessed quickly with spiritualism, even having uh, written back and forth with Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. <gasps> This is you really Isn't that are the weirdest. You've been you've been wrapped up in this. I really I was reading it. And I was like, shut the fuck up. I really thought I like accidentally copy and pasted right. wrong notes and so the wrong stuff. I don't know if you'll ever escape. I don't think I will. And remember, for those of you who are listening backwards, uh, welcome, by the way. Um, <laughs> so Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, I just brought up in the last episode about how he was a crazed believer in spiritual like even when houdini was like no this is fake he was like no it's real yeah like which means dan Aykroyd's great-grandfather by the way might have known houdini that's oh that's true hey dan that's pretty neat dan's got a cool life ahead of him Man. and behind him and behind him so uh Sam had books all over the house of spiritualism and the paranormal became like just a normal conversation in the house with him and his wife. Um, Allison, are you listening? That's goals is uh, what I'm thinking. Same. Um, this fun is why we need to buy a giant house and just all live in the same house. Yeah. Except Blaze and Allison then move out quickly. Right. And then it's just you and me. Exactly. Uh, so fun fact, Dan actually is the fourth generation to live in that house. So he has lived in the same farmhouse that his great grandfather was like a big practitioner of spiritualism. Holy shit. And then his son and his son and then Dan all also got into this. This is so cool. So this house is just like full of energy. So Dan has said all that stuff was lying around the old farmhouse I grew up in. So I've been kind of steeped in it my whole life. Wow. Uh, his great-grandfather held weekly seances at the family home. Weekly. Um, <laughs> even ha having a... I shit you not, Christine, I forgot. What? Even no. having... No, don't do it. A medium... No. ...named Walter... No, I knew it! What is happening, Em? I think we're in a fucking... I think this is like... I'm, what is going on? Listen, I'm testing my lucid dream test. Hold on. I'm pretty sure we're in an alternate reality ran by the Walter that haunts this place, and he's trying I to tap to into our psyche that he's with us. I think he's honestly... He inserting himself. ...fucking with our notes, like, truly. I'm not kidding. His name is Walter. Holy... So, Dan... I was I like, there's no way. I was like, there can't be. <laughs> if I, I swear to God, if I find another story tonight to cover next week and uh, the name Walter's in there, I'm just throwing I, out the I'm whole story. I'm changing it. Me too. Yeah, fuck this. Nope. So, uh, so Sam held weekly seances at his family home. And when I say, like, weekly, this wasn't a quick little hobby. Like, for, like, the rest of his life, he held weekly seances. Wow. Even having a medium named Walter... Move in for 12 years so he could have regular on-site trances. That's a dream job. Literally, like someone... On-site trances? <laughs> someone literally... He literally paid a man to live in his home for 12 years so he could be 24-7 around the clock ready to be a medium. 
just like ding 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 i feel like being in a train i mean i how does that even work i don't know like just like being ready to like go sit at the seance table just, like, and on call be a mouthpiece from the afterlife wow so according to sam's journals about the seances because of course he took every note possible sure apparently walter the medium made contact with a lot of notable people including members of the ming dynasty whoa an egyptian prince sure and then like i wouldn't really rank him as the same but even sam's great-grandfather he came through so like even like generations before him dan i think he's just as important as an egyptian prince which means dan's great 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 grandfather has come through in seances too holy so his whole line is very sensitive it seems wow Walter the Medium, I'm now saying it like that because <laughs> we've covered so many goddamn Walters recently. So many. If you're listening to all these episodes like in one big chunk, you're yeah, going to get yeah. so confused. This is really wild. So Walter the Medium uh, allegedly would go into a trance and speak languages that he didn't know like before the seance began. See, this is trippy. Apparently he spoke fluent Mandarin when no. he was in a trance, but if he ever came to, he did not speak anything but English. I do have a question, though. Like, who is there to be like, yes, this is fluent Mandarin. I'm translating. Exactly Mandarin. <laughs> Who's translating this? Like, <laughs> Or like he's saying a random language and they're like, what language is that? And he goes, Mandarin. Right, like, <laughs> right, right. Also, apparently a trumpet or some musical instrument once allegedly floated in the air in the middle of a seance. Wow. That's pretty terrifying. Yeah. Um, so seances were held on a very rigid schedule and with the exact same people every week to make the spirits more comfortable with showing themselves over time. So the if like it kept seeing the same people there, maybe it would get more comfortable or feel more safe to kind of show itself more and more and become more powerful. Right. So but if you like weren't in that first original circle, you like really by invitation only could yeah. also come. You can't sit with us. So in Sam's notes, they apparently made a lot of contact and had a whole lot of experiences during seances. Damn. But Sam always ends up disappointed because he wanted physical proof or a physical manifestation or ectoplasm or something that showed right. that like, he wanted proof after the fact that something had been there. Right. Um, and that never happened. So he always got really upset. Like, yeah, the trumpet's in the air and someone's <laughs> speaking Chinese, but like... <laughs> really i need to see like some ectoplasm on hangers like mina was doing yeah yeah we've seen it all before we've all seen it we've Flying. all seen the the animal tissue hand coming out of her <laughs> undercarriage oh, god people hope... are like what is going on honestly i was really hoping we never would talk about that again and yet here we are so apparently whenever sam would ask for physical proof during a seance the spirit would just say be patient it'll happen eventually but it never did that's kind of so rude Houdini would say that is your medium that you're paying, like keeping you like rattled sure. and like keeping you like, on the, on the guest. Paying me and maybe something cool will happen. Exactly. <laughs> but he wasn't friends with Houdini. He was friends with Sir Doyle, who's like, oh, that's definitely well, the for sure. You're right. You're totally right. So Sam's whole family was also uh, was also involved in these beliefs. And when Sam died in 1933, his son Maurice, who is Dan Aykroyd's grandpa, mm. tried actually was also he was also equally obsessed. And tried very, very hard to build some sort of machine that would have Sam come back through so <gasps> Maurice could talk to his father from beyond what, like the grave. A time machine? More like a spirit box. <laughs> like wow! A, he tried to build one of the original, like, radio frequency devices for a spirit to contact us. Holy shit. Apparently, it did not work. They never got back in touch with Sam that way. But he at least tried to build one. That's crazy. Um, then Maurice, I'm assuming Maurice's son, uh, Dan's dad, Peter, Peter Aykroyd, 
Even as a child, apparently since like seven years old, he remembers growing up and watching his family be a part of these seances and reading about the paranormal all the time. It was like such a regular concept in his house that Dan Aykroyd's dad grew up not knowing that it was weird. Wow. Just being like, oh, well, they're going to have a seance tonight and then we're going to do this and we're <laughs> reading about this ectoplasm. And What time does your family do their seance? Yeah, exactly. And so his dad actually remembers being in the house and being too young to join in on the seance but being able to like look into another room and see them performing oh my god it's like that it's like when dad has poker night you're not allowed yeah. to play but all of the guys come over and drink beer exactly instead it's fucking seance exactly that is super cool so uh dan actually also grew up in that same house and with the same upbringing because wow. by the time now peter's an adult and having poker night with the spirit <laughs> sure. uh and so uh Dan remembers hearing stories about his family's experiences all the time. He even remembers uh, his mom saying that when Dan himself was born, apparently Sam and his wife, Jenny, so Dan's great grandparents, actually showed up in his nursery one time, almost as if welcoming him into the family. And then they faded away. Wow. So he, his mom would tell him that story. But so since birth, apparently he's also been gifted with this lineage and Tourette's and Tourette's <laughs> yay welcome to the club Seems like they come hand in hand so they, clearly you know what it's there's here's two pieces of evidence of that me and Dan Aykroyd I mean what more do you need if you have Tourette's you might his be great, haunted his great grandfather was looking for physical proof I got it right here on <laughs> twitch video. twitch okay <laughs> so uh since growing up in it like in this like whole lifestyle of like the paranormal being like just so blase and normal right uh dan is very public to this day about his beliefs in the paranormal and is an open spiritualist today wow Um, a quote of his is i am a spiritualist a proud wearer of the spiritualist badge mediums and psychic research have gone on many have gone on for many many years and loads of people have seen spirits heard a voice or felt the cold temperature i believe they are here or i believe they are between here and there and that they exist between the fourth and fifth dimensions, and that they visit us frequently. Wow. Wow. So he's very, he's like... open. He's like, they fucking exist. And if you don't believe it, you're an idiot. I hope he hosts SNL and just says that. <laughs> just <laughs> like that. monologue. It would be interesting if he did an SNL bit on, of Ghostbusters. That's true. I don't know if that's actually... That probably already exists. Um, <laughs> probably. <laughs> so for a while, once he moved out of that house, because he was like, growing up and moved to la and all that sure um he did live in another house Wait, which sorry, was where is the house did we in canada see? do you know where somewhere in ontario oh okay um so when he grew up and moved out he ended up moving into another house that was haunted which actually was formerly owned by mama cass from Mamas oh, and Papas. wow and so dan says that there is a ghost there that he's pretty sure is mama cass shut up and so he said uh, a ghost certainly haunts this house it once even crawled into bed with me the oh. ghost also turns on the stairmaster and moves jewelry across the dresser so <laughs> and he's convinced it's mama cass series of events so ghost buster so that idea came from a combination of his family stories and personal stories Plus, there was a comedy before Ghostbusters called Ghost Chasers. Oh. And he, when I tell you, like, he's very involved in the paranormal community. Like, he subscribes to all their journals and keeps up with all the articles and all that. So he was reading an American Society Psychical Research Journal article on parapsychology and quantum physics. And while reading that, I think he had also recently watched Ghost Chasers. Oh. And so he, in his mind, was like, I just want to redo that ghost comedy, right. but with modern science and, like, 
a realistic twist to it. Damn. Which, like, now Ghostbusters, you look at it and it's not really a realistic <laughs> twist. But that was the inspiration of, like, there's all this new science since this came out. Like, let's redo it with, like, a, like a modern I had no idea. Believability. You want to know a secret? Yeah. I've never seen Ghostbusters. Okay. Well, I kind of expected that. <laughs> so, um... Sorry, everybody. Slide it on by. I know. I also hadn't seen... Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus. I've seen it now, so you win. You guys win. We win on Hocus Pocus, I like I like Practical Magic better. Just say you'll do it now before we get a thousand tweets saying you I'll need do, to watch I'll it. I'll watch Ghostbusters. Okay, there you go. Um, so, for example, in the first... like, So he did uh, his own script and then tried to pitch it to other people okay. for Ghostbusters. The first draft actually had a few differences in like the equipment that they used. But they were actually, I think he tried to make them more kitschy or campy or um, just for like the, because maybe it'd be easier for people to swallow or it'd be more interesting to watch. But in his first draft, the Ghostbusters actually used magic wands instead of proton packs. And they traveled in, instead of like traveling through New York, they traveled through different dimensions. Like it was much trippier. Wow. Um, But he ends up obviously kind of scrapping some of that stuff and creating Ghostbusters, which made like a quarter billion dollars in a year it came out or something. I can't even... That's insane. Um, And he still, by the way, he still wants to make a third one. Um, And since 1999, he's been trying to get the original gang together to make a a final Ghostbusters where they almost like pass on their, their duties to someone else. And that script... I don't know if it's necessarily been finalized, but it has been written. It was written by the writing staff of The Office, the U.S. Holy office. Holy shit, really? Yep. And it was overseen by Dan Aykroyd, but it was written by a lot of the writers from The Office. Mindy Kaling? And uh, apparently he will never actually make this movie unless all the original characters are on board and Bill Murray refuses. I'm like, who's holding out? Bill Murray? Refuses. Of all people? Why? I don't know. And there's a lot of speculation on... <gasps> what the answer either he's like really aggressively against it or he's very nice about it and saying no but like no he matter what it's, do it. it's bill murray's fault apparently how, how i never thought i'd hear those words mm-hmm. no matter what it's bill murray's fault that i did expect to hear knowing the kind of bullshit he pulls uh, it, just amongst strangers you're correct on that yeah that's true he causes all sorts of chaos he, he certainly does so uh living again in his family farmhouse in Ontario because he's moved away from Mama Cass's house and also now lives in this farmhouse. Right. Um, Dan says that it has, quote, a history of spiritual activity that would blow your mind. Oh, my God. And apparently there is a lot of activity that goes on in that house, but most often guests report invisible hands yanking off their sheets at night. Oh, well, that's truly terrible. Apparently the other things are like the doors will open and close, the lights will go on and off, electronics will turn on and off, all that good stuff. Um, but he did say that whenever he's in that house, he's had some very vivid dreams of his, uh, deceased friends. Wow. One of them actually was, uh, one of his friends who passed on was Barry Berenson, who was the wife of Tony Perkins, who played, um, Norman Bates in Psycho. Oh. So his wife in real life passed away and I guess her and Dan Aykroyd were really good friends. And Aww. he remembers, uh, very quickly after her death, having a v- intensely vivid dream where she showed up to say, I'm helping people who don't understand. Whoa, Goose Cam. Yeah. Or I'm helping people through who don't understand. Oh, oh my God. So like through to the, to the other to side, the I light? guess. To the other side, I guess. Oh, Goose Cam, indeed. 
So apparently he remembers that one very intensely. And he's also said that he most often feels his best friend, Jim Belushi, come around. Oh, my. Oh, um, I was like, what other what other funny, <laughs> funny guys come, coming through? So Jim Belushi was the other Blues brother in Blues Brothers. And they were also really, really close in SNL. And he ended up dying uh, right before Ghostbusters was made. He was actually sp- supposed to be one of the original people in <gasps> Ghostbusters. And then he died um, two years before the movie came out. But he, uh, yep, he had a drug overdose and it's really tragic, really, really sad, really tough. Mm. And he was, uh, one of Dan Aykroyd's best friends. And apparently he was also super open-minded to this stuff. And Jim Belushi had said in past interviews that he would regularly visit Dan's house and they would just like sit up all night and try to watch for ghosts and see like if anything was like would walk around in the house. What? (laughs) This is so cool. And also very sweet and cute. Also precious. Yeah. So he used to visit a lot so they could watch like slumber party. Yeah. To like see if any ghosts would show up. Because like, apparently at one point Dan Ackroyd said he saw his great grandfather like manifest out of nowhere. And so ever since then it became a thing where they would go to his house and look for ghosts. That is like our childhoods. Pretty well, yeah. much. <laughs> he also apparently they would go outside and look up at the sky for UFOs. Okay. I'm on board with all of this. And uh, Dan Ackroyd has... Uh, has been quoted saying, I know the spirit survives as there is so much evidence of the survival of the personality in the afterlife. Wow. Wow. So he says that he can feel Jim Belushi's energy around him a lot. Wow. So not only was he interested in ghosts, but he, on his own, separate from his family, was also fascinated with aliens, hence him and Jim Belushi looking around for UFOs all the time. Sure. But apparently, so his whole family obviously is into spirits, but ufos is his thing okay so he really got into it when he was a kid and he's like a magazine cover of a ufo and ever since then he just like got really into it love it he's also a member of mufon which i really 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 want to get into i but remember it's, that word yeah it's the mutual ufo network so it's um a huge membership like a society for believers in um cool. the ufo there's also there's also a lot of skeptics there i think but it's this huge network and it's so much information. So I have not covered it, but it is on my list, but he's a, a member there. He's also like a Hollywood correspondent for MUFON. So, um, <laughs> on the red carpet. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he, he is a staunch, but like even more so it seems than ghosts. Then, he believes in aliens. Oh, I was gonna say then the guy from blink 182. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, wow. He, he has only seen four in his life. This is his quote. Oh, only, only four. I've seen four, one of them with a light, one of them dull gray, one of them going very slow, one of them hovering over me. Then there were the two that my wife and friends and I saw, a high altitude a high altitude sighting many years ago in Martha's Vineyard, two flying side by side, two perfect circles flying in tandem that did a beautiful zigzag. Wow. Dan believes that aliens already live on Earth, already live here. And that Oh God. Ev- oh God. <laughs> and that evidence has already been shown that they're here, but the government frequently tries to cover it up. They got me. Uh oh boy. They got me. That's me remove my skin. Love it. It's love. It's love. <laughs> oh my so, god. He came down from outer space. <laughs> he certainly did. <laughs> so uh Dan also apparently collects uh UFO pictures, oh. but only really good ones. That's his caveat. <laughs> only like super good ones that are hard to prove otherwise. <laughs> He also recommends a book for people called The FBI-CIA UFO Connection by Dr. Bruce Maccabee, which apparently re- reviews documents received after the Freedom of Information Act. Wow. So apparently there's some good stuff there. Oh, my God. He swears by this book. Um, Sorry, what's it called one more time? 
The FBI CIA UFO Connection by Whoa. Bruce McAbee. Okay. So he has been making very public statements about UFOs. Um, even in 2005, he literally did a two hour long documentary called Dan Aykroyd Unplugged on UFOs what so is this on on sling i think it's on youtube because i did see a link to it i opened it and it literally was two hours long and i was like i i can't (laughs) but it's there so you guys can watch that all you want i'm gonna watch that apparently dan Aykroyd has been quoted saying the air force uh won't deny the existence of these hyperdynamic super aerodynamic crafts but they want to tell you anything but that they're extraterrestrial so he's a big believer in like a government cover Cover up. up Um, Listen, I'm not doubting that. I'm going to say, Dan, I'm not saying you're wrong. There's nothing I don't, so far I don't agree with on this. Yeah. Um, Although he claims that they already live on our planet, though, he thinks that they uh, came here originally wanting to communicate with us and now want nothing to do with us because of how violent we are. Oh, no. Us? (laughs) What? He also did use 9-11 as a reference, and I don't have the quote here, but he did say something like, Imagine wanting to make friends with this, like, or imagine uh, wanting to get to know, like, this group of people and then just seeing them, like, throwing their most expensive equipment at some of their most expensive equipment and then watching all of their people die. Like, why would you want to interact with something like that? Yeah, humans aren't um, super great. No, he said that they are probably disgusted by us and I... na- they're here and don't want anything to do with us. What are they doing here? Who are, where? That's my next question. I'm like, okay, so if they are here but don't want to talk to us, why are they here? And I guess well, it's well, just... Had, to... They haven't left, right? Yeah, I guess to study us from afar? I'm not really sure. Well, it's pretty easy. I mean, you saw <laughs> what we do. You it's, saw. It's, it's just not keeps, great. It just keeps happening. That plus a lot of eating sugar yeah. is pretty much all we are. It, and then it just repeats itself over and over again. Yeah, exactly. But sometimes there's like a Ghostbuster in there. That's true. So uh, one of his drivers apparently used to work for the air force like in air command what and uh the driver told him i guess not so in confidence (laughs) that one day when he was working there a bunch of guys started gathering around a radar watching an object traveling at seventy thousand miles per hour what and doing whip turns in front of them and the whole group of people were just freaking the fuck out because they did not know what it was in the air force (gasps) Um, Dan has also hosted, um, a Canadian sci-fi show, which I'm now going to be watching called Sci Factor, PSI, Sci Factor. Um, oh my God, that's built for you. And it apparent it's Canadian and a sci-fi show called Sci Factor starring a Ghostbuster with rats. It's literally my show. Truly though. Um, and it covers paranormal cases that are apparently from the desk quote of the office of scientific investigation and research. So I don't know. I think they're, I think it's, um, like recreations like um reenactments oh, like drama reenactments sure. of different cases but it might be like a forensic files version sure. of the paranormal which is so cool and it was like an unsolved mysteries type thing i think so and oh, it was God. Um, and it was for i also have not seen it so i could be totally wrong but i know there's four seasons of it and in 1997 he actually won an award from csi not the not the actual CSI. <laughs> They're from the Committee for Skeptical Inquiry, which is like a, a big Whoa. paranormal group. Um, in 1997, they gave him an award for hosting that show and for being a, quote, longtime promoter of paranormal <clears throat> claims. Um, wow. Fun fact, not only did Dan stay obsessed with the paranormal, but so did his father, Peter, um, who used to like watch his father perform seances and all that poker night. <laughs> So because his dad, so because Peter grew up in that same stuff, he had the same interest and the same fascination and just keeps getting passed down from family to family, I guess. 
In 2009, Peter actually published a book called A History of Ghosts by Peter Aykroyd. And it has been described as, quote, an encyclopedia book on the paranormal. Apparently, everything you can think of is in there. I'm literally looking at our bookshelf. I'm like, did somebody mail us that? Like, I don't maybe. think so. We might have it somewhere. We have a lot of ghost books, but. But it's called A History of Ghosts, and it talks about some of his personal experiences. I did read an excerpt of it, and it was, um, he was talking about how he remembers looking out the window and seeing, like, people come into his driveway and his dad, like, pulling them into, like, this room he wasn't allowed into. Wow. and. Like, oh my God. like how the seances would happen. And so apparently there's a lot of really good stuff in there. And is Dan Aykroyd's dad, Peter. Um, wow. And it was published in 2009. So that's all I have. I know Holy it's super short, shit. but that so is. Do, do they still have the house? Do you know? Yeah, he still lives there. Oh. Dan Aykroyd still lives there. Oh, amazing. He lives in Canada? I think he does. Cool. As far as I know, I could be totally wrong, but every article I read said he <sighs> still lives there. Um, that is neato. So that is the Aykroyd family and their fascination that. with the paranormal. I'm, I love that story. I've never had no idea. No, no clue. Me either. I just did thought Ghostbusters was like, like I never thought it was anything based in But yeah, what are experience. the odds? I mean, that's like, that means you and I could create our own Ghostbusters. Yeah, hold on. <laughs> it's called Houdini on Broadway. Yeah, actually. wait. Hang on. Have you heard of it? <laughs> Lynn, are you there? We're FaceTiming with Lynn later about it. I know this is not, my vision board. I wish it so badly. Anyway, Dan Aykroyd, his, a lot of his upbringing is what inspired Ghostbusters. I There's your fun fact. Never have known that. That's a good trivia fact. I was going to say, I hope someone goes to trivia and that helps you. Yes. And if it does, send us some of your winnings, especially if it's beer. I yes. love a beer right now. Thank you, uh, Dan Aykroyd, by the way. Thank you, Mr. Aykroyd. Um, I would love to chat with Mr. Aykroyd. I would too. If Maybe if Dan, I think he has like three daughters. If any of you listen to us, please get us in contact with your father. <laughs> Thank you. Please or call, your great-grandfather call... or your great-great-grandfather anyone from beyond anyone who can uh, manifest themselves in front of us that's exactly right i would love to talk to hear his stories man yes. seriously all right let's go let's explore new possibilities pleasure zones and find your vibe at funlove.com Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. I know I've talked about it before, but we received the most lovely gift basket from Funlove. First of all, I didn't know what it was at first, and then when I pulled out a vibrator, I thought, oh boy, this is not your everyday fruit basket. There was everything, I'm telling you, from sexy perfumes to toys to vibrators to lube. I mean, I gotta say, it's like a one-stop shop, okay? If you go to funlove.com and you're looking for maybe a romantic evening, either with a loved one or with yourself, they've got what you're looking for, I can promise you. So what are you waiting for? Explore, discover, indulge, and make love fun by visiting funlove.com. And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18 store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. 
it feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Junie, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. And Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room. And so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD code ATWWD to save 20%. Prettylitter.com slash ATWWD code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So I'm covering a story that I uh, was going to do, then I realized I've already done for Charlotte, and we haven't posted this episode. No, we have not. So I'm going to tell you the story now. Okay. Hooray. Let's do um, it. I was very excited that I'd already done notes on this. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. You're like, well, that works out. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. It's a disappearance, which you know mm. I find just beyond fascinating. You love a good disappearance. People are you still love when I disappear. Mostly, mostly when M vanishes. So mm-hmm. That's the best part. Um, I will say uh, people are still writing in about the Bryceless Pieces case. Still? Yeah, because wow. it's like so wild. Like, that's, that's pretty good the, for you. At least your story was super good. I know. I guess so. Yeah, people are. I'm. I think it's fascinating. Um, okay, so this I listened to Trace Evidence podcast um, for some research on here. Just wanted to give a little shout out. So thank you guys. Whoop, whoop. So this is the disappearance of Kyle Fleischman. Kyle Fleischman. Okay. So he grew up in Charlotte, attended Charlotte Catholic High School. I'm sure I put that in there because we were in Charlotte and people probably would have heard of it. Okay. Uh, he studied business administration and management at Elon. That one got a oh, big Oh, I know cheer. Elon. Yeah. He was well-liked, was a good student, was really active on campus. He wasn't just like a, like a well-liked frat guy. Like he was very involved in school and just like a very well-rounded individual that a lot of people, not that frat guys are not well-rounded, just like <laughs> the stereotypical, he wasn't like the popular kid. It was just like he was really well known and well liked, sure, and very involved. I got gotcha. you, um, and just a, a good guy. And also, he was not well rounded because he's such a trash frat guy. Got it? Exactly. He just knows how to play <laughs> beer pong. Sure, yeah, well, just like you. Me too. Except he doesn't have Tourette, so he doesn't have that winning, that winning uh, guttural throw like yeah, I have got. That's just like your golden, your, <laughs> my golden ticket. Your golden ticket to. I call that nothing but net buckets. We haven't oh, done that in so long. No, I miss buckets. Here, let me try. You're going to throw your laptop? Girl, oh, I didn't print any We can notes. use these 30 lemons and play buckets. <laughs> Wait, actually, through the ring light. I was literally thinking <laughs> that. Stop it. Okay. Oh, my God. Okay. Hello, everyone. So, after graduating from Elon, he was hired by Maxim... Not Maxim, but Maxim Ooh. Healthcare Services. A little less exciting. Um, in Charlotte. And then in the fall of 2007, he moved into a condo with two roommates. That fall in 2007, Kyle was 24 and his mother, Barbara, was diagnosed with cancer. 
Mm. Kyle was extremely close with his mother, so he stepped up and was like, we're going to beat this together. Like, he was just 100% involved in uh, taking care of her. And a few days before her first surgery, Kyle took his mom, Barbara, his sister, Noelle, and his best friend, Daniel, to a Dane Cook comedy show Okay, at the Spectrum Center, because they were all big fans. Sure. And then, uh, so that was on, this all is important for the timeline. Um, so that Dane Cook is crucial to this story. <laughs> when isn't he, though? <laughs> um, November 8th, 2007, Kyle drove over to his best friend, Daniel, the one who was w- with him at the show, uh, his house to drop off his car. Oh, no, sorry. This is the night of the show. I'm sorry. I put the date in the wrong spot. I hear you. November 8th, they're going to this Dane Cook show. Kyle drives to his best friend Daniel's house to drop off his car. Then the two of them take a cab to the show because they're like, we're going to have some drinks. Sure. So they go to the show. They meet his mom and sister there. They have a great time. And his mom and sister were tired, so they headed home after the show. But Kyle and Daniel were like, let's go out for drinks. So they go to um, a place called the Buckhead Saloon, which I looked up on Yelp, and it's uh, since closed. Huh. They arrived around 11 p.m., had a few drinks, but Daniel said Kyle, Kyle was not, like, drunk. Okay. He had a few drinks, but he's like, trust me, like, he wasn't wasted. Like, sure. he was just buzzed at most. Um, around 1 a.m., Daniel decided to head home. He asked Kyle if he was coming or staying, but Kyle was still having a good time and had started talking to a pretty lady. Mm. So Kyle was like, you go ahead. Um, I'm going to stay a little bit longer. And that was the last time any of Kyle's friends or family would ever see him. Oh. So surveillance footage um, at the time shows Kyle talking to this woman that he'd befriended at the bar. Then her boyfriend shows up. Oh. The The video isn't totally clear, but they definitely had a conversation. Um, I don't know how confrontational it was, but the boyfriend definitely showed up and uh, it's debated whether or not it was a very hostile conversation, but... uh, Bye, Kyle. Yes, yeah. Sure. Literally. Literally goodbye. Uh, oh, God. How sad. Shortly after this, the surveillance footage shows Kyle leaving the bar. It's 2.20 a.m. at this point. And about a minute before this, cell phone records indicate he called his sister, Noelle. But she didn't pick up. She was sleeping. They had gone home hours before. And he didn't leave a voicemail. So he leaves the bar. Um, but he left. It's really strange. He left his debit card there, which happens. I've done that. Um, but he also left his jacket inside, which is strange because it was freezing temperatures outside. Got it. So you think you'd be like, oh, you know, it would remind I bring you. my jacket. Yeah. Right. But he did forget both, which, listen, I've done stupider things, so I'm not going to judge Maybe that. Maybe he was actually really, like, warm from drinking. Just say, if you're really drunk, you don't even feel it sometimes. So you're right. Could be. So uh, this could an- indicate, obviously, that he's super drunk. But a private investigator that Kyle's family later hired believes he may have left them there on purpose in an effort to leave the bar really quickly. Like maybe he was like, forget it. I don't want to bring those things. I'm just going to peace. Hmm. Um, and that's backed up by the fact that he's seen reuniting with the woman he'd been talking to crossing the street with her huh? side by side. Boyfriend, okay. boyfriend, not there. Interesting. So, so obviously speculation as to like why he was leaving the jacket and the debit card, but two potential theories. Sure. Um, obviously, like, it could have just been, uh, carelessness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've all been there. Sorry. So now he's on College Street, and he's caught on surveillance one last time, but he's alone now. So he walked across the street with the girl from inside, the woman from inside. Sure. On camera. Then, a little bit later, he's seen walking alone down the sidewalk. 
Okay. So, un- so we don't know where he went. Right. Okay. Well, so unclear wh- where the, why the two of them were together. And then not together. And then not together. Got it. Right. So um, he's seen, he's on College Street, uh, He, which is uh, probably exactly what it sounds. Uh, he's caught on surveillance one final time. This is the last time he was ever spotted walking toward a pizza shop. And the footage doesn't indicate that he's super drunk. Like, he's not stumbling. He doesn't look wasted. Or, like, drugged, maybe. He doesn't look right, drugged. Right, exactly. Okay. Yeah, he looks pretty sober. He's just kind of <clears throat> chilling, just walking down the street. Which, I mean, obviously, people can play off drunkenness. It doesn't sure. necessarily indicate. But um, he looks pretty sober. Pretty sober. Um, he stops at this place called Fuel Pizza. And he orders two slices of extreme. Yeah. That seems that's like the way you got to fucking go at 2 a.m. with pizza. And then I put parentheses everything. Okay. That's a, that's a pizza with everything on it, um, which his father confirmed later. That is his standard order. He's like, he would always order two slices of extreme. All right. So looks like Kyle went to the pizza. Sounds place. like Kyle. Sounds like Kyle. The cashier noted later that he came in alone, orders, ordered his pizza and then went to the bathroom. Um, at some point he exits, but the cashier wasn't paying attention. So he didn't know when Kyle left the building and there's no surveillance footage of Kyle leaving. So, but there is a strange series of phone calls after this. He's never seen again on footage, but there's a series of strange phone calls made from his phone. Did he eat the pizza? That's a good question. I don't know. Okay. I don't know if he left without the pizza. I think they probably. Because it'd be weirder if he ordered it to not eat it. I think he probably must have eaten it because I feel like the guy would be like. Oh, and then he left his pizza behind. Right. You know, okay, I feel yeah. like that's strange. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's possible, but my guess is probably he ate it. That'd be even weirder if he just like totally fucking forgot about his pizza. Yeah. Or like it wasn't worth it. Or intentionally it. didn't You don't leave it. pizza behind unless. That is a goddamn fact. <laughs> something really bad is happening. Um, so, yeah, I hope he ate his pizza. I'm not sure. Um, at 2.42 a.m., Kyle made a 10-second phone call to the Buckhead Saloon. Possibly because he's like, I forgot my debit card and my jacket there. Right. Maybe. Um, But the bar was closed at this point, so no one picked up. He then dialed his own voicemail. And then between 2.43 and 2.57, Kyle calls his dad's office number four times, but gets no answer. Then at a Also, did he expect anything? Because it's closed. It's two in the morning, right? It's his dad's office. I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay. You'd think no, but maybe his dad's a night owl. I'm not sure. I don't know. Um, at approximately 3.25 a.m., a cab driver claims to have seen Kyle walking in an area known as North Davidson. He saw, quote, a kid with no jacket who was not in the right place and looked to be intoxicated. Um, so he just said he looked like a college kid out of place as he wasn't, like, near the campus anymore. He wasn't, like, in the college part of town. He had just kind of wandered into a different neighborhood. Um, so that's why the taxi driver, like, noted something was odd. Several minutes later, after he was seen by this taxi driver, 3.28 a.m., cell phone records indicate Kyle called his friend Daniel Scagnelli. I never said his last name, but that's his last name. Mm-hmm. Uh, the phone call lasted only four seconds, and Kyle didn't leave a voicemail. Less than a minute later, at 3.29 a.m., Kyle calls one of his roommates, and that call only lasts six seconds. And then seemingly by 4 a.m., his phone had died. Damn. Strange. So the purpose of the calls has obviously been heavily debated because no one knows what he was doing. Uh, Some people think he was in trouble and was trying to call his friends and family for help. Some believe he was looking for a ride home. Mm -hmm. Uh, And some people think that the calls weren't made by Kyle at all, but by someone who had gotten a hold of his cell phone. Oh. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
So either way, the next morning, Daniel wakes up and sees a missed call from Kyle. He calls back, goes straight to voicemail. So he just shrugs it off. But as the day goes on, he does not hear from Kyle and he starts to get worried. Uh, he hasn't heard anything since last night. And Carl's, Kyle's car is not in the driveway. So he's like, uh, that's not good. Oh, no, sorry. It's <laughs> It is in the. It's still in the driveway. Like he hasn't left. Yes, like he, hasn't he never gone anywhere. picked it up. Sorry, Got they it. took the cab. Yeah. God, sorry guys, I'm getting way wrapped up in this. Okay. The car is still there, so he's like, "Well, he never came and got his car, and he's not answering his phone. He's starting to get worried." So Daniel calls Kyle's parents, and when they confirm, they have also they also have a bunch of missed calls from Kyle. They call the police and report him as missing. Kyle's family starts searching for signs around the Buckhead Saloon because that's where they knew he was. Um, and Daniel immediately created a Facebook page, which was smart, because within 24 hours, it had more than 60,000 people. Whoa. Yes. It spread. Cra- and he was really well known and popular at school. So I think like people just kept sharing and mm-hmm. sharing. Exactly. Um, and this is like the height of Facebook, like 2000. Right. Not 10, 2007. Whatever. Wow. So, uh, yeah, with 60,000 people. And actually, this is considered to be the first widespread social media and internet campaign to find a missing person. Wow. Fun fact. That is a fun fact. Several of Kyle's friends even went on the Today Show to get the word out. Uh, They were, like, so desperate. They were trying to get on any media um, to spread the word. Police conducted a massive foot search. Uh, They didn't find any clues. They pinged the location of his calls. His phone was pinged around 3.30 in the area where the cab driver had spotted him. So, like, that kind of um, far away area where he made no sense that he was there, basically. Sure, like that weird neighborhood. Yes, out of the way. And on Saturday, November 17th, firefighters and 300 volunteers conducted a large-scale search in a nine-mile radius around charlotte yeah they even brought in search dogs and they used kyle's jacket that he had left at the bar as the scent uh to track him they almost immediately picked up on his scent they followed it down college street god dogs are the best just reason a thousand how are they the best reason one through a thousand is this are working i love them so much for zero dollars for zero dollars to find just because they wanna to find missing people it's wild okay in case you didn't know dogs are great um they almost immediately picked up on his scent they followed it down college street past the last surveillance camera that had spotted him and to the outside of the pizzeria and that's where they began to walk in small circles which according to their handlers linda and mike is usually an indicator that the missing person may have been looking for something or trying to hide now i Oh, because he's like running, he's like frenetically kind of running back and forth on something or? I don't know, but it gives me goose cam because they were like, that's the, that's how they indicate someone was trying to hide. It's just so bizarrely specific. I don't know. Maybe you have a certain sense of sweat when you're doing that. I have no idea. Maybe, yeah. Uh, Maybe. (sighs) I don't know. But he could have also been looking for something, like just pacing back and forth. It says either oh or looking for something yeah or trying to hide so i guess you're right like maybe frenetically i don't know i'm not sure it's crazy that dogs can like probably just smell anxiety that's true they i mean they can they can sense way more than we can so yeah wow it blows my mind it's so so specific i don't know okay that's what they said linda and mike said it listen i I fucking trust them i trust them i do too i trust Um, those dogs more than anything me too i wrote wtf so they have no reason to ever even lie okay let's go yeah exactly Exactly. I'm sorry. Let's keep going. 
So the path continued down College Street, which turned into North Davidson, the place where the neighborhood where he was spotted, leading to a small bridge that led to Cordelia Park in Villa Heights. The park is super busy during the day, but at night it's known to be the hangout of drug dealers and several gangs, including MS-13. So not good that he was spotted right near there and his scent led there. Like he was hiding. Oh, no. This is terrible. Oh, no. The dog's handlers called off the search because it was getting dark, but on their way out, a homeless man struck up a conversation with them, and he told them he had seen Kyle, and uh, he said he'd been killed over at the park, but he didn't know where they took his body. So nobody knows if that's actually true, or maybe it was, because he doesn't know if it was Kyle. I mean, it could have been someone else. Right. But it could have been Kyle. Not sure. Um, but then, who knows? They, they, nobody can prove, obviously, whether that's true or not. Um, Linda and Mike brought the dogs out again the next day and they followed the scent to the park again and then to a construction site only 200 yards away. It was at this construction site that the dogs reacted to what their handlers called the scent of death. Can you imagine like your stomach must drop when you see the dog like do that certain movement? Um, so all the dirt at the, and they're like, treat? Like they don't even know. Can I help now? Did I do my right, the right thing? So all the dirt at the construction site was turned over and fresh because they were building a new apartment complex. Okay. And they searched through the dirt as much as they could, but they couldn't find anything. Cadaver dogs were brought in to search the site. They searched every pile of fresh dirt, but came up empty. And within a few months, the developers moved forward and built the apartment complex. Oh no. Which. So he could have been buried under the building. Yeah. Okay. And uh, that fully eliminated any chance for searching further and like Fuck. they couldn't just search because they needed permission and you know, someone owned this yeah and they land. were like no we're building a building sorry we, we need we need this wow more than you wow okay <laughs> apparently <right. laughs> and your dogs um in the years following kyle's disappearance police have held a lot of information close to the chest is it close to the vest or close to the chest close to the chest right i don't know i don't know half as hardly half as hardly um lumber (laughs) so they they've held most of the information really close because they don't want they don't want to release too much information they're trying to they're still working on this case let's just put it that way sure okay um and so a lot of the information we do have is not from the police but from kyle's family (sighs) okay so they made a website i know it's honestly every time it's just like makes my heart uh, hurt um so his family made a website called helpfindkyle.com which does not exist any longer okay just, just, that's even worse because it, it means they gave up it is yeah the uh facebook page uh daniel made still exists but there's no like usable contact links like it doesn't really it's not usable anymore and they don't update it anymore uh they did make a foundation in kyle's honor called kff.org which aims to help people who aren't sure what to do in the first few days after someone goes missing um, oh wow which is really uh wonderful wonderful in yeah a sad situation yeah um it's at least you know helping future people so uh it's been almost 12 years now since kyle's disappearance police say they still receive tips but they're obviously fewer and fewer each year which we see tends to happen with missing persons cases um as far as what happened there have been a number of theories uh presented the first one being some have suggested that kyle left of his own accord which apparently actually statistically happens more often than you think that people quote unquote run away uh try to create a new identity and you just he was like fuck this just I'm out. pieces um it seems unlikely though i mean most people 
I feel like most of the time families are like, he would never do that. She would never do that. But apparently it does happen. Okay. But um, he had just graduated college. He had a great job. He was pretty happy by all accounts. His mother had just been diagnosed with cancer. And obviously that was traumatizing for him. But he was like so involved and invested in her. Um, And he never showed up for the surgery. So they were like, he would have made contact or checked if she was okay or something. Um, So he's... She's still alive, by the way, today. She survived her chemo treatment and uh, is in remission. So they're like, well, she's still alive and he's never made contact since. Like, they were extremely close. Yeah, he's dead. Yeah. There's just no... I think. I think also. There's also been no activity on his social security, which is like... and Or any other of his cards, like nothing. So, and that's, I think, probably pretty freaking hard in this day and age to, to avoid. Some people believe that Kyle's disappearance is linked to two other similar disappearances around the same time. The first was Matt Walker, who disappeared from the same bar, Buckhead Saloon. Get out. Wow. Um, oh, in Milwaukee. Huh. Interesting. Same name, different city. Interesting. Why? I don't know. But it's almost the identical scenario where Max was last seen by a friend at 1.45 a.m. Uh, security footage captured him exiting and drunk and he never was seen again and it was this i think like the same month or something and it was the same name of the bar it's so weird it's more like conspiracy theory you know like yeah but still creepy oh it's extremely creepy but there's beyond that there's no like real link but they you know same age just very strange Mm -hmm. uh they did also find his body um Okay. So that's one big major difference. Uh, and it was found in the Milwaukee River mm. and uh, was declared an accidental drowning. Shit. Okay. Well, so I think maybe at least we someone can got found. Rule that one out. Uh, another case with weird parallels is Justin Gaines, who vanished outside of Wild Bill's nightclub in Duluth, Georgia, only a week prior to Kyle's disappearance. Some people are just trying to connect the dots. Again, no, um, no official, yeah, no official anything. proof. A career criminal, though, later admitted to shooting and killing Justin, but his body has never been recovered. And so there's coincidences there, um, but there, they, nothing can be proven. Some think he was the victim of a hit and run. Now, I think this is an interesting theory. Um, they think maybe he was hit by a car and the person panicked and put his body in the car and disposed of it. In any number of the desolate areas of North Carolina. Interesting. But typically in a hit and run case where someone panics, um, they don't get out and pick up the body. They drive away. Right, right, right. Which actually that when I read that the first time I was like, oh, yeah, like, I guess you wouldn't be like, yeah, I'm going to go pick him up and drag him into my car. That's like, right. If you're afraid of being seen, you're way more likely to be seen dragging a body. Truly. Yeah. It looks much more suspicious that way. Correct. Also, um, police probably looked, there were no bloody vehicles that show, showed up, which usually they keep an eye out for, um, and people report that if, a, like, a body shop, if a bloody car comes right. in. Um, Good to know, at least, that they, know. they don't keep quiet on that. Thanks for looking out. So, one other theory is that Kyle was murdered in a drug deal gone wrong. Um, because Kyle had grown up in Charlotte, he knew what went down in Cordelia Park, like, he was no stranger to that area and what happened mm. down there at night so so he knew that he was in a bad part of town if right. he was sober enough yes and he wasn't known to be a drug user uh but it's possible maybe he wanted some marijuana uh he had reportedly smoked before then again he only had six dollars in his wallet so it's like either he I was think he just stumbled into the wrong area yeah. and just got 
yeah caught up in something it's yeah it's strange and like either he was so drunk that he didn't know where he was and he went the wrong way or he was so like why would he go to the park it's just weird or he was so drunk that he didn't know he had six dollars on him Mm. um the most common theory like you were saying is that kyle was a victim of a random act of violence um the theory suggests kyle somewhat drunkenly wandered into the park encountered someone or a group of someone's who wanted to rob him he had six (laughs) dollars so at this point the theory branches that either they tried to rob him saw he had barely any money and killed him or he ran into members of ms-13 who saw him as an easy target who was possibly a witness Mm. and murdered him shit so in this case um it's not believed kyle was what oh no so sorry i have one eye behind my microphone i'm trying to read with one eye it is very difficult to (sighs) to give you accurate notes when you're reading with an eye patch essentially yeah this microphone has become kind of that um so in this case if this is what happened this random act of violence it's believed that kyle was murdered and his body was disposed of probably at the construction site where the dogs right led to the scent and there was fresh dirt that day Mm -hmm. um i find that to be the most plausible theory still terrible terrible um the question is if it was one person who killed him how did they so thoroughly hide it that even cadaver dogs who looked through the dirt couldn't find it right right so they did did, they did search it did they cut them up and put them in different chunks so much time though and like effort i don't know yeah i guess you know i feel like I haven't done it personally, so oh, you I don't. Haven't? I'm not sure how long it takes. Oh, weird! You should. Try I thought it. only like seven minutes ish, like five to seven minutes. I'd say more like eleven. You're doing it wrong. I guess I'm doing it wrong. You need to teach me your way. Skillshare? Nope. That's, <laughs> I'm not going to connect Skillshare to this. Aha! Uh-huh, just a joke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hope they don't listen to the full episodes. Okay. <laughs> The question is, how did they dispose of the body to the point that cadaver dogs couldn't find it? But even if it was, I feel like even if it was cut up, it would be more likely that one part of it would have been found. Yeah, actually. So I don't know. Maybe they like put him in like a, some sort of like vacuumed bag or something. Like, vacuum sealed. Well, that like keeps the, the scents away, you know? Well, they smelled him though. They just couldn't find him. Maybe it's just like a faint smell. So they didn't. Maybe. I don't know. Look, I was not there. You weren't? Okay. Not the whole time and also if the if this was gang violence and they like so carefully hid the body why the fuck did they take the time to do that like they they don't care typically like if someone is killed in that in like a random they wouldn't like cut up his body and take the time to hide it like because no one could trace it to them an initiation or something but that's true like now you're saying that i'm thinking oh yeah they literally would have just killed him and then literally ms-13 they don't give a they don't take the time to like right it didn't make any sense so it's unclear i still think this is the most sensible theory that maybe it just was buried too far or like Mm. farther away than where they looked or who knows um one other theory i found interesting is that the boyfriend from the buckhead saloon had something to do with it remember Um, oh yeah so i of course did a deep dive on reddit I found a number of people who actually knew Kyle in college and said that although he was a decent guy, he had a tendency to become angry when drunk. He was known to be a social drinker, so if he was flirting with that girl and then had an altercation with the boyfriend, a lot of his friends were like, "Mm." Hot-headed. Yes, hot-headed. Our prediction is things would have gone awry. Um, Apparently, the boyfriend was uh, the primary person of interest when the police first got involved, but nothing has proved that he has anything to do with it, so... I think, like, they they thoroughly searched that lead, and it didn't lead anywhere. Um, At this point, it's been almost 12 years. It seems like nobody's any closer to finding out what happened, which is just 
try i feel like it's just so hard enough to i mean obviously to have someone to lose someone and then to not know must be right even if you're 99.99 sure it's yeah. like there's yes. you like always awkwardly hold out one inch of, of yeah. hope you can't have closure yeah it's terrible it's really terrible um his for what it's worth his parents are convinced he was killed in a robbery gone wrong so that's kind of where they are um they think he's buried under the apartment complex next to cordelia park they've tried to move on as much as they can they say they no longer harbor the hope that he's alive but they still want to know what happened and they're hoping for tips and information that could lead to an arrest and they wholeheartedly believe that someone in charlotte knows something Mm. so anyone with information as to what happened to kyle Kyle Fleischman, full name, is urged to contact Crime Stoppers at 704-334-1600. And that is the story of the disappearance of Kyle Fleischman. Yikes. Sorry, wow. I started speaking fast. My computer was dying. So I was like, <laughs> I can't lose the story. We need to know. Oh, my gosh. Well. And then we still didn't get a satisfying ending. Yeah. So that felt good. My bad. Um, Wow. That's really sad. 12 years it's been. 12 years almost. Yeah. Wow. Um, It's really sad. Yeah, and that was your Charlotte live show. Charlotte, yeah. I must have bummed you all out. Yeah. Sorry about that. And that's why we changed our format. So please come (laughs) to our new shows where everything is different and happy and fun. (laughs) Oh, my God. We have so much fun. If you would like to get tickets for our shows, go to (laughs) that'swhowedrink.com slash tour. No, slash live. (laughs) Slash live. Oh, boy. All right, folks. Thank you for listening. Um, Truly, if there is ever anything, any story that I tell, I know that, like... It's so unlikely, but if there is any story I tell where you're like, huh, I live in that area and like maybe he looks familiar, just, just, just try. Just a can't shout hurt. out. Yeah. Can't hurt to, uh, to try and, and contact If him. you see something, say something. Exactly. Exactly. And that's how people, it's happened. People have been, uh, cases have been solved when people kind of recognize somebody or come forward with information. So you never know. Oh yeah. You never know. Could be some closure for some people. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for listening. And we will be back with you next week. And we can't wait. And that's why. Wait, which one? <laughs> and that's why we drink. Did I do it wrong? I lost my place. I oh, was like, five you? words. <laughs> In a fast paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, We've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.